Hey team, this is Grant Collins, and welcome to Basement Philanthropy, a place for people who do not want to wait until they're rich or retired to create meaning, connection, and impact with their money, regardless of the amount. On this episode, I'm going to be talking about why you should let philanthropy burn a hole in your pocket. So let's get started. This last week, I went to a rodeo with my friends here in Utah. And the thing that I love the most about rodeos is not the strawberries and cream, which is amazing, by the way. It's not even the rodeo sports that are happening all throughout the evening. It is the time that is set out to be able to connect and catch up with my friends. Because of the way that a rodeo is structured, there's a lot of downtime. And so you can talk and really just conversate with the people around you in a way that is just fun and authentic and oddly Western. So it's it's a it's a good it's a good time. And during one of these conversations, I was asked by one of my friends how one gets started in microphilanthropy. I love that question because there are so many things pushing against somebody being involved with philanthropy right now. Inflation is at a 40-year high. Gas is $5 a gallon across the nation in most places. And so if there was ever a time to let economics get in the way of your philanthropy, it would be right now. And the way to overcome that is to ask that question. How can I get involved with microphilanthropy today? So as I was thinking about a response to that question, it came pretty quickly. My response is this. Set aside a specific amount of money, regardless of the amount, and let it burn a hole in your pocket. You see, there are giving opportunities all around us. Every single day, we run into something that we can create good with our money. But just like we talked about last week in the episode with Emily, there's this big thing that gets in the way of us giving, and that is our scarcity mindset towards money. And when economics are the way that they are, like I just spoke into, that shows up even greater. And so every time we come across a opportunity to give or we think about giving, there is this tug of war that starts to occur in our minds around our money. And it usually goes something like this. Let's say the giving opportunity comes to you and it's worth $30. Likely the second thing that hits your brain after the opportunity is a comparison with something else that you could buy for yourself. So your scarcity brain would would pitch up and say, hey, you could buy a t-shirt, that t-shirt you've been looking at for $30. And then the abundant side steps in and says, well, we, we already have a lot of t-shirts. I think we could give this time. And then the scarcity brain jumps in and racks it up a notch. Yeah, but oh my gosh, gas is $5 a gallon. I spent 60 bucks at the pump the other day. I could really use that $30 to help me, help me fill up. And then the abundance mentality jumps back in and says, $30 isn't going to make that big of a difference. You're not going to go financially broke off of $30 right now. 
I think we can give. And then the last hurrah from the scarcity mindset. Oh man, what if I need $30 because I'm starving and it's the only thing left on the planet is a grapefruit that I can buy for $30. Actually, I think I'm going to buy that t-shirt. I don't know if that's how it goes for anybody else, but that's how it goes for me. It's pretty ridiculous the lengths that we will go to in order to save and, and protect ourselves. And every time we just show up and have philanthropy come to us randomly without us being intentional and planning, it feels like we have to choose between giving to ourselves and giving to others. There's no middle ground. It's black and white. It's either us versus this other group. And that can be really, really challenging. But if you skip that entire conversation completely, that is when giving starts to be an amazing, abundant experience. And what I mean by that is you don't go shopping or you shouldn't go shopping, grocery shopping on an empty stomach. And the reason why is because you're likely going to buy things that you would never buy had you been full. I mean, I've come home with the randomest things like just desserts and and things that looked good at the time. And I don't even want them. I don't even want to eat them because I haven't had dinner yet. But I am putting myself in a place where that tug of war, those natural inclinations I have kind of take over a little bit. And so the same thing happens with philanthropy and the way that we can get around it is similar to not going to the grocery store on an empty stomach. Before we have a giving experience come up, we set aside a specific amount of money that allows us to decouple our feelings of scarcity from that amount of money. And what that then allows us to do is to bypass that entire conversation because we've already spent the money, quote unquote. Like we've already put it down. We've already separated it from ourselves. We've already planned that that money would go there. And so even if a crazy war breaks out in the middle of the country and we can't get X, Y, Z, we've already kind of planned for those types of things. And so it then allows us to be able to see past that and to get involved quick experience that I had a couple months ago that illustrates this. I was eating at a restaurant in downtown Salt Lake with a few of my friends, and it was getting to the time of the meal that we would pay for our food. And the food had been incredible. The waitress had done a great job. And the thought came to me that this time, instead of just tipping the normal, you know, 15 to 18% or whatever I, I usually tip, that I could go above and beyond and just make make somebody's day. And so instead of doing the 15 to 18%, I decided that I was going to tip over 100% of the meal value. And it was so simple and so easy. And I didn't even have to think twice about it. There was no back and forth. There was no tug of war. After I signed the receipt, it was not like, oh my gosh, what did I just do? Why did I do that? I could have done X, Y, Z. And the reason why is because earlier in that month, I had set aside a, a specific amount of money and I still had some left. And so it wasn't even like a question. It was just like, okay, cool. Like, that's awesome. That that works. I'm going to do that. And I walked out of there feeling great and 
And uh, it's likely that the waitress was grateful for that money. I don't know because I didn't follow up with her about it. So when I think about how somebody gets started, it really does come down to putting aside a little bit of money. And what I would like to invite the people that are listening to this podcast to do is to go to your bank or use your debit card on your next transaction at the grocery store or whatever you need to do to get cash and take out $20 from your bank account in a $20 bill, have it with you. And what I would like you to do is set that $20 somewhere that you're going to see it every single day. And what you will start to see is that opportunities to give that $20 away will start to just pile up everywhere. Like I'm not joking to say that you're going to see opportunities everywhere to potentially create good with that $20. And that's why letting philanthropy burn a hole in your pocket is a good thing. That phrase is usually used to say, hey, don't have cash laying around because you're likely going to spend it. When it comes to giving, have cash laying around so you're likely to spend it. Like that is the point. And what it's going to do is it's going to illustrate and get you involved with being able to create good with your money that then can compound and continue to grow as you have experience within that space to something that's even greater and greater. Because in the beginning, it's not even about the specific project that you get involved with. It's that you see yourself as being able to create good with your money. You lay down a little bit of that infrastructure or that experience to get in the habit of looking for those opportunities. And then over time, your giving becomes more and more intentional. And from there, the impact and the connection and meaning that we can feel as a society just continues to grow and blossom. So if you take me up on this experience, send me what happens because of it. I want to hear what you do, and I'm going to do the exact same thing in my philanthropy this week, and I'm going to report back to you on the next time that I share a podcast because these are the little things that we do as a community that can start to create a movement, and that's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in a ton of people getting involved in microphilanthropy and seeing themselves as being able to make a difference and what good can be created over the lifetime of people doing things with $20 or whatever the amount is. Well, team, that's it for me. Let's go out into the world and create good with the money in our pockets together. Talk soon.